to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Welcome to another Astros postgame. The Astros dropped it to the Red Sox 8-2. Game 3 of the ALCS. They fall behind 2-1. Robert along with my usual co-host, R.G. Seal. And also joining us is Sean Bajani from Sports Radio 610, friend of the show. Great to have you with us, Sean. And I tell you what, uh, this one is on the bullpen. It's been a rough couple of games for the bullpen. They got to get their act together. And Roberto Osuna, the guy that you traded for that was supposed to solve your problems that was not supposed to be Ken Giles, uh, he was Ken Giles. Yeah, he was. But look, Osuna's been good late in games. Uh, He hasn't given up a ton of big runs uh, since he's been a member of the Houston Astros. Um, Heck, even with the Blue Jays, um, look, I know he wasn't pitching his best, but look, since he's been an Astro, he's been fine. So I'd say he's, you know, far cry from Ken Giles, but I I don't necessarily put this game solely on the Astros bullpen. I kind of, I'm kind of scratching my head at A.J. Hinch a little bit, you know, pulling Dallas Keuchel after five with only 84 pitches with the bottom of the order coming up was a little peculiar to me. Um, And going with Joe Smith, I would have liked to have seen A.J. go with Keuchel to start the sixth inning and see what you can get out of a guy that for some reason everybody in the city seemingly has lost all confidence for just given the historic pitching performances. And we've talked about this all year, Robert. Um, uh, that that we've seen out of Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander. I mean, it's almost an embarrassment of riches. You forget what Dallas Keuchel is capable of. He gave it the two in the first, but heck, you know, he he put it together. He adjusts quickly, and I would have liked to have seen him go out there for the sixth inning. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good point there about Dallas Keuchel. I, I think conversely, though, AJ Hinch maybe saw and thought maybe we got lucky with those first five innings with uh, Dallas Keuchel because remember there was a great catch by Tony Kemp on the on the uh, deep fly ball by Steve yeah. Pierce. Then or there was also uh, Reddick. He had the ball up in the zone. But you're right, the inning before, he got the three ground ball outs. So I'm just wondering if A.J. Hinch was thinking, you know, did we get five innings, two runs? That's what I wanted out of Keuchel today. Let's move to the bullpen where I feel we have an advantage, and that's that's what he ended up doing. But, yeah, you could have made the argument that, you know, Keuchel had the the three ground outs. He was finally in a groove, you know, put together the six consecutive outs. You leave him in. And getting back to the bullpen, too, about Roberto Asuna. And uh, the implosion there today, Uh, you know, a couple of things. I mean, he had it to where he was ahead in the count against both uh, Rafael Devers and against Mitch Moreland. And what does he end up doing? Hitting them one and two and oh and two. I mean, that's almost inexcusable. He had, uh, you know, to load the bases there. And that sets it up, of course, for for Jackie Bradley. And I I also want to, you know, most of the time, guys, I want to get your thoughts on this. You're not going to win a game when you score only two runs unless you have Justin Verlander on the mound, right? Uh, somebody who just throws a gem of a performance. But but today, especially, uh, you know, the Astros, you look at the difference there. The Red Sox lineup, they get the production from Jackie Bradley. They've gotten really great production from him in this series. He had the bases clearing double, of course, in, in game two. And then he had uh, the, the grand slam in this game. So they're uh, in the Astros, conversely, in the six through nine spot today. Uh, but Correa, Correa had a hit. I, th- I think that was it. And so, I mean, if you're not getting production from the from, you know, it, it, because everything falls on the top of the order. And you have uh, Alex Bragman's being pitched around. So that puts just more pressure on other guys to step up. 
Part of it is uh, Yuli Gurriel, too. I mean, he's uh, he's kind of struggled in clutch situations over the last couple of games. He had the big home run in the first game. But really, you need Gurriel to cover Bregman's butt because Bregman's doing all he can. He gets on base every single time, and he's giving you a guy in scoring position most of the time. And Yuli Gurriel, uh, he was so hot to end the season. He was still looking good, I thought. In the, in the Indian series, but he's a streaky hitter. Right now he's not streaking, and he's a guy that's you know hit with runners in scoring position his entire career. He's been incredible this year. He's hit over 400, but with Bregman doing what he's doing, you got to get more than Marwin Gonzalez backing him up in those positions after him. After him. I mean, Correa, you know, now batting seventh. Um, you know, I, I might have moved Correa up to the sixth spot at, the, at this point with – Josh Reddick, I'm not. I'm just not confident enough in Josh Reddick to go. Okay, yeah, he's somehow earned the sixth spot over Carlos Correa. I mean, even with Carlos Correa's struggles, we know uh, over the course of his postseason career, he's hit well in clutch situations. But you know, Altuve is giving you everything that he he can, and he's had some hits in the last couple of games, which is a good sign. Uh, Springer, you know, you can't expect him to hit a home run every game and you can't expect Bregman to bail you out every game and, and Marwin as well. Some of these other guys are going to have to step up and really, to me, the number one guy, because he's right in the middle of everything, is Yuli. Yeah, I think those are some good points. I thought, you know, very peculiar today to have Redick uh, hitting sixth. Uh, it was interesting to see Altuve as the designated hitter. I, I think back to game two as well, and this is where I do kind of put this more on hinges you know, his handling of the bullpen, you know, look, a product of, you know, a few of those Red Sox runs in game two came via wild pitch pass ball. And I think it came down to more of, you know, taking Lance McCullers um, uh, or what, what did he do uh, in game two? He brought Lance McCullers in right with a 0-1 count uh, behind Josh James and a runner on first, and that's not a situation where you want to bring a guy into, you know, especially with the count already started. And so I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm a little baffled at AJ's line of thinking here over the course of the last couple of three days, just offensively and defensively, very uncharacteristic. One thing we noticed, you know, the first couple of games is that the Astros trotted out the, you know, the same lineup in games one and two, and you get a little bit too crafty today. And I don't I don't really see the reason to change. I mean, you put up five runs on the board. You arguably left about three or four runs off the board in game two. Um, today, you're only able to scratch two runs across. And it was tough going against the Ovaldi, despite the Astros history of power numbers against them. Um, I, I just I think A.J. outthinks himself sometimes. And I'd like to see him sit back tonight. Think about the lineup card tomorrow and get back to what's really worked. Yeah, I think you had it flipped around. You said he brought McCullers in for James. I think you met James in for McCullers at that last game. Go. I think it's a tough spot for any pitcher to come in when a count's already started with a runner on. Yeah, I think also, too, when you're getting back to the lineup, though, uh, remember the first two games, though, were with Chris Sale, a left-hander on the mound, and then also an, another left-hander on the mound, David Price, to start game two. Remember in game three versus the Indians, when it was Clevenger, you had Tony Kemp and, and Dallas Keuchel pitch that game. So you had Brian McCann. Now, whether the order he wants to use, but but generally speaking, you know, McCann and Kemp are going to start against the right-handed pitching, like a right-handed pitcher like Nathan Eovaldi. So, it, but to your point about is Reddick hitting too high in the lineup? Maybe you switch some things up there. Maybe Correa should be hitting a six. Uh, you know, then you have the, you know, but then you'd have 
three straight left-handed hitters. And I, I, I think probably AJ wanted to mix that up there too, where you don't have Reddick, McCann, and Kim, mm. seven, eight, nine, all lefties right there. And then you have all those kind of righties to begin with. And then you have Marwin Gonzalez who can switch hit and be a lefty and then Correa. So I think he wanted to mix it up a little right there as well too. But you're going to pinch hit. I mean, late, late in the game, if they start bringing in lefties, you're going to pinch hit. So I, I, I don't think about that. And really to me, Kemp starting, uh, it looked like genius move. He had moved Kemp to left. Uh, Altuve, because of the injury, he DHs. Marwin goes to second base. And then Kemp makes a play that we know Marwin wouldn't have made. He jumps like out of the building to make that play at the wall and save you a couple of runs. Good point. Good point. I, I, I said the same thing. I don't think Marwin makes that play. I mean, we saw him, uh, you know, the other night against the Green Monster and, um, you know, a ball I thought he probably should have come down with. Uh, Kemp is a hard guy. And I feel like we've been saying this all year. He's a hard guy to take out of the lineup because you trust him so much to put the ball in play when he's at the plate, but he's going to make the right play in the field as well. Um, he's a guy that it, it, it's a tough out. You know, if, if you're considering, you know, sitting him today, I know he's over three today, um, but he's a guy, the hits are not few and far between with him as they've been with Josh Reddick in this lineup. And I think he'll probably be back in the lineup tomorrow because uh, Rick Porcello will be pitching. So I, I would assume, again, if the Astros go with uh, another left-handed batter in the lineup instead of Tyler White there, uh, they could put Tony Kemp. And like you said, he's he's he jump-starts the offense from the nine-hole. So, and you know, can also play uh, good defense in left field, as we saw today. It's just that, uh, you know, getting back to the, the bullpen and, and the choices that were made there, uh, yeah. A lot of it, though, is execution. When you come into the game, I mean, with Lance McCullers in game two, uh, it was it was uh, the pass balls by Martin Maldonado. In today's game, it was the hit batters from Roberto Osuna that loads the bases, that sets up the Jackie Bradley slam. It basically takes, uh, uh, from that point, it's a moot point. We know what the ending is. Uh, you've already peeked at the, it's like peeking at the ending of a movie. You already know what that, you know, closing credits are. So, I mean, it's it was over by, by that point. I need a moment for uh, my man Bregman. Bregman magic, I mean, it's just ridiculous. I mean, I thought that I had seen as clutch a player as we could have seen uh, or clutch players as we've seen with the Rockets and like Cassell and Ori and some of the stuff that those guys did in the clutch over the years. And then you watch what Bregman does. And I mean, just he's doing everything. It's it's he's selling popcorn between innings. He's making backhanded plays. He's making barehanded plays. Uh, he's either walking or getting a base hit. You're in shock. You're in disbelief. You need to have a doctor come over when Bregman doesn't come up with a big hit. He had the, you know, the one that got him a little jam shot. It could have been a base hit into center field. And somehow, you know, Bregman didn't get a hit there, but you know, he's two for three. He walks, I don't know his on base percentages. I don't know a million in in the playoffs right now. He's either walking or getting a hit every single time. Uh, I mean, Alex Bregman. I mean, it's just I call it Bregman magic. It's like he's he's the elf on the shelf that just magical stuff happens. You know, he has that that double where was it? I mean, it would have been a double with anybody else, but no. But Bregman somehow wills the ball past the third baseman into the corner. I mean, it, it, the guy had made every play defensively in the last couple of games and. And he still manages to get it get it by him in there. I mean, it's just it's unbelievable. <laughs> Bregman's just a baller, man. I, Bregman is just a baller. I if you watched him at all at LSU, I mean, I think you would have seen the same thing. He reminded me then of a 
a, 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 a young Craig Biggio, you know, just the guy with that's tough, that loves baseball, that's gritty, that's going to make the extra effort for you, um, you know, that can turn a single into a double, that has obviously the pop. Obviously, Craig didn't have that early on in his career like Bregman does, but he's he's just a baller. I mean, it's, he's a guy that absolutely eats this stuff up and is a student of the game, loves it. He's a guy that has morphed into – you know, for I, I think from a confidence standpoint, uh, from an enjoyment standpoint, everything that we enjoyed and, and watched Jose Altuve do last year, that has become Alex Bregman this year for the Astros. And I don't think you should stop getting used to it. I think this is the future for this team. Yeah, it sounds like you had a real uh, bromance there with Alex Bregman there, Robbie. But uh, I, I want to just say, <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to say, too, I, I was surprised, too, you didn't mention James Harden. And, and was he watching all of this and all the clutch performance and the magic and everything in, in the postseasons? Well, he was there. I mean, James Harden needs to be taking some notes, man. Take some notes, James. James Harden. Exactly. But uh, Sean, what you were saying right there is exactly to what I was feeling like. This was what it felt like with Altuve last year. Remember, he starts off the postseason with a three home run game and, you know, he couldn't be stopped. He was an MVP season. He -hmm. was magical run throughout the playoffs. I mean, Alex Bregman had some key hits, but it's, it's almost this season. Both Altuve went down. Springer went down with injuries. Bregman was there the whole season. He was the Astros MVP. He's going to finish in the top of the MVP voting. The only guys who are going to beat him out are going to be these guys on the Red Sox, uh, J.D. Martinez or Mookie Betts. And uh, it really is a pleasure to watch him because he's he just uh, – not only that, he has a great knowledge of the strike zone. A lot of times guys will be really streaky because, you know, once they're in a, a zone or they're hitting well, you know, they – they tend to, you know, think, feel that they can hit anything. And then, you know, pitchers will start to pitch around them. They'll expand the zone. You look at Alex Bregman, he knows that he's not getting much to hit, but he's not biting on the stuff that's outside of the zone. He still has great plate appearances, as you've evidenced by all the walks based on balls that he's had this postseason. And so that's a, a, another reason for me why I enjoy watching him because he, he, he does everything correctly. He, he gives you great, the great fundamentals of the field. He gives you, uh, you know, the clutch hits, but he also has a very patient approach at the plate. He's not going to go up there and try to overswing or, or do things to hurt you. So he has great at bats and, and pitchers know that when they're going around a lineup and they go, we've got to pitch around Alex Bregman, you know, even if we give him our best pitch on a, it's a two and two count. And, you know, it's just right outside the strike zone. He, you know, He'll lay off of it. We we know he knows the strike zone better than Angel Hernandez. That's for sure. Um, just the level of concern. I mean, with the with this Astros team right now, down to two to one. I guess the 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 plus is Charlie Morton, who's ice water in his veins, is pitching in the next game. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm starting to get there. You know, this game is a must. You can't fall behind three to one with the last two games in Fenway Park. The Astros have got to get this done. But Charlie Morton on the mound, you you hope and you trust that he can come out and do what Charlie Morton does. And then the bullpen, somebody besides Kyle Presley's got to go out there and look like they're dominant and they're dealing. Uh, Joe Smith's got to pick it up and Roberto Osuna's got to pick it up. And um, some of these other guys have got to, you know, sort of get the their, their thing going. And I, I would guess it would be if they go the bullpen uh, you know, after M- Morton, I'm assuming they're going to have to go to the bullpen. Obviously, after Morton, it's going to be McCullers, McHugh, those guys, and and uh, Kyle Presley. And 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 I don't know where the trust level is on Osuna after this game. The interesting thing for me with Morton, like 
I, I know what he did last year, and that's what we all remember. It, what what has us feeling really good about this Astros ball club is a lot of what they did last year and playing some great baseball down the stretch collectively while, you know, dealing with uh, a couple of injuries to Jose Altuve and Carlos Correa this year. But I'm concerned that Charlie Morton hasn't, you know, pitched a ball game since Baltimore, September 30th, and he threw three innings. Outing before that, he threw an inning. Outing before that, he threw six innings. And that was really the last time we had a chance to see Charlie Morton be Charlie Morton. Um, You know, maybe he was dealing with some elbow issues later in the season. I don't know if it was necessarily more that or, you know, him missing a little time to go see his newborn baby. But it does concern me that the guy hasn't been on the mound of late. Thinking the same thing, Sean, because uh, he hasn't pitched. We saw with uh, Roberto Osuna even tonight, 10 days off from – uh, when he pitched in the ALDS, and he had control problems. He hit batters, and he walked. I mean, he uh, put runners on base, and then he was uh, in a position where he had to locate, and he, he serves up a gopher ball to Jackie Bradley Jr. So uh, the same thing with Morton. I feel really confident because of his postseason last year. He's got ice water in his veins. We know that he's a great postseason pitcher. He closed out uh, a World Series Game 7 for the Astros. We know that he can do it, but at the same time, he was having sh- shoulder uh, stiffness towards the end of the season. Uh, he went on the uh, DL briefly, and uh, he hasn't pitched much. And like you said, when he has pitched in September, it's just been a little bit. It's uh, you know, So you don't have much to go on towards the end of the season. You just hope that he's ready. He pitched a simulated game, that he comes in and is the Charlie Morton that had 201 strikeouts. He gives the Astros yet another hard thrower to put against the Boston Red Sox, and, and they're going to need it. They're going to need Charlie Morton to come out and give them a strong effort tomorrow because what you, the Astros don't want to in game four is is get behind early where then you start thinking, okay, you know, uh, that that's where it, it can also uh, just build some pressure for you mentally to overcome a deficit. By the way, Roberto Osuna said after the game tonight that he executed the pitch that he wanted to make to Jackie Bradley Bradley Jr. and he'd make it a hundred more times. <laughs> so I don't know how we I don't know how we feel about that, but you know I guess you know if you want to go to the well, any any pitcher worth his salt, I guess you would expect to say the same thing. You know we've heard similar things from Dallas Keuchel before when he was struggling, and you know guys would hit him. You know ah, it was soft hits, it wasn't hard hits. You know we saw that a little bit tonight, honestly. First two, three hitters of the ballgame tonight, you know, just kind of hit it where they weren't. You know, let's just hoping that the Astros bullpen, you know, now that they've got some run, I don't know who hasn't seen run over the course of the last uh, 48, 72 hours, but that they're ready to go for game four. Any last words, guys? I I think I'm done. I know that Astros fans are just chomping at the bit to get to game four and get this bitter taste out of their mouth after the last couple of games. Well, one, one, one thing I just want to say again, and we, we touched on it briefly, but I, I do think one, one of the things the Astros have done well in this series and continue to do well. And, and that's what championship teams do is play really good defense. We mentioned the Tony Kemp yes. catch. I mentioned the, uh, you know, the catch from Josh Reddick, but also remember the Alex Bregman play where, uh, you know, with Mookie Betts was, uh, you know, running and he picks up the ball barehanded and, and throws him out. Then you had Carlos mm-hmm. Correa with some great plays too. And, and, you know, these Red Sox are going to put the ball in play. And we saw with, uh, again, with Nunes at third base where he had that, that delay and, and, and a miscue and it, and, uh, also the one that, uh, Bregman, uh, uh, 
the Bregman hit, like you mentioned, you had the lucky bounce right there. You know, usually if you play the better defense and you and you, you know, are the team that that doesn't, uh, you know, have the uh, extra outs there that you have to go and, and make up for, then you're the team that's usually going to, you know, end up winning the game. So, I mean, I, at least from that point, I, I'm looking at it from a positive standpoint that the Astros still are playing excellent defense. Uh, yeah, they've had some hiccups in the bullpen, but, you know, starting pitching and, and, and still going forward in this series, I mean, you still have uh, Justin Verlander in a, a potential game five. And if you go back to Boston, which you're, you know, of course you want to do that now, have that game six, you have Garrett Cole waiting back there and they still been the two of the best pitchers all season long. So to me, that's what to look at is it still gets back to pitching and defense and just find some ways to get some clutch hits. I, I, you couldn't have said it better. And, and I would just, you know, kind of one up that, you know, focus a little bit more on uh, offense. Number one, you don't win 108 games by accident in the Boston Red Sox were terrific this year. Um, Boston fans and the Red Sox themselves, they fell victim to the Astros last postseason. They know what this team's capable of doing. They probably look at this lineup like we look at the Red Sox lineup, and we're absolutely terrified of anybody they send up to the plate. So I think you should remember that. And look, somebody's got to be down 2-1 in a series that presumably would go six or seven games. And, you know, I predicted seven games for this series. I think it's just going to be another absolute classic. So just remember that two, you know, these are two of the best teams in baseball. This is the World Series in a lot of people's minds. Um, Whoever comes out of this series is probably going to win the World Series. That's the way I'm looking at it. But strictly from tonight's perspective, eight LOBs for the Astros. They're still getting on base. They didn't come up with the timely hits tonight. And it could have been a bit of a different kind of, feel complexion of the game if the Astros were able to get some uh, runs across a little bit earlier with some traffic on the base pass. So I'm still confident. I think a lot of people should still be too with Charlie Morton going on the mound tomorrow and still a lot of fresh bullpen arms in there. And, you know, magic man Bregman, uh, the guy will deliver at some point, I imagine, tomorrow for the Astros. Thanks, guys, for doing this. Sean Bajani, Sports Radio 610, RG Seal, my co-host eight to two the final astros lose game three fall two one in this series we'll talk to you again tomorrow hopefully with better news thanks again for listening and if you're new to the show subscribe to houston sports talk on itunes stitcher or the TuneIn app you can keep up with this show and my daily locked on texans podcast on twitter and facebook or by going to houstonsportstalk.net or LockedOnTexans.com. Oh,